We're back, kind of. Uh, welcome to the Nerds Who Hunt Themselves uh, podcast. This isn't the podcast return proper. It is coming back, I promise. We've been gone for ages, and you'll probably be surprised when this drops into your uh, recently added feed on your iTunes account or however you listen to it. Um, just been super busy with everything. Obviously, True Believers 2016 took up a lot of our time in the run-up to that, and then since then, we've been busy with other projects. Uh, we're trying to set up more events in the build-up to True Believers 2017, uh, like Morcon, we're hopefully having another Morcon soon, hopefully a couple of things in Cheltenham, and we've got a special Evening With event with Paul Cornell coming up at Blackfriars Gloucester on the 25th of August, which is a Thursday, uh, starts about 7 o'clock I think, doors open about quarter two, um, you can find all the details on our website at www.oktruebelievers.com and just click on the Evening With button. Uh, you can buy tickets on there as well. It's only £5 a ticket uh, for an evening with Paul in which he'll talk about his work in novels, TV, comics, everything. Answer your questions. He'll be doing a brief sign-in as well. So bring some stuff along to get that signed. Um, yeah, so we've got that coming up. So we're just putting out these little mini-podcasts that are going to be for the panels from True Believers 2016. And then we will have a proper pa- uh, podcast coming up at some point with hopefully me and Andy or me and Joe Amy or maybe even all three of us together for like a super podcast um, yeah well we'll catch up on all the stuff we've missed so Star Wars, Batman v Superman uh, Civil War everything like that uh, the Snoopy movie which was amazing um, yeah so we've got that coming up hopefully soon, uh, keep watching this space um, I know we've been saying that for a while and I apologise if we've keep le- kept leaking you down with that um, but anyway, to tie in with the Paul Cornell event on the 25th of August, we're doing these mini-podcasts with the panels on them, and the first one will be the True Believers 2016 Doctor Who panel, which featured myself as a moderator of sorts. I did the bare minimum. I kind of came into it last-minute replacement after our original moderator was unable to make it at the last minute. Um, so, yeah, it's myself moderating, then... Lee Sullivan, Paul Cornell, Emma Vicelli, Mike Collins and Rachel Smith are all on that panel. Uh, It was a fun panel, we talked a lot about Doctor Who TV series, a little bit about the comics as well. Um, I kind of hoped we'd talk more about the comics but unfortunately we ran out of time and that's just sort of the way the questions went. But um, it was still good, it was really interesting, Um, it was good fun finding out how they sort of work within the world, a pre-established world of Who. And um, yeah, well worth a listen, so um, I'm not going to waffle on too much, we'll get straight into the panel. Um, yeah, just to remind you again, the evening with Paul Cornell is Thursday the 25th of August at Blackfriars Priory in Gloucester. Full details are on our website at oktruebelievers.com, just click on the evening with button in the top menu bar. And uh, yeah, tickets are £5, they're on sale now. If this one's a success, we're going to do more events like it with other people. Some will be like the one with Paul, where it's him stood up on stage by himself talking about uh, his career. And then others will be sort of sit-down interviews, kind of like the podcast with one of us talking to somebody about their career and then fielding questions as well. Um, Yeah, it should be good, but obviously we can't do it without your support. It's important to get events like this out there. So uh, if you can come along um, and you can make it, then really please do come along and then we can keep building and growing from there and making it a regular thing. 
but in the meantime this is the Doctor Who panel from True Believers 2016 uh, hope you enjoy and thank you for listening and we will be back soon enjoy Okay, hello and welcome to the Doctor Who panel. Uh, I'm sure Ryan will be moderated. Basically, I see you over there. Uh, I'll just introduce you to the people on the panel and get to briefly tell you a little bit about their connection to Doctor Who. So, uh, first up, we have Lee Sullivan. Uh, I'll borrow my Thank you. Uh, I've been um, drawing Doctor Who for about 30 uh, oh, yeah. <laughs> When was it? Uh, um, it was around about 25th anniversary, so it'll be 26. Years ago, I started drawing Doctor Who for Doctor Who magazine. I've been reading it since I was a kid uh, and, and watching the series since it started, so I was a big fan, very pleased to do it. And then I've on, on and off, I've been drawing Doctor Who ever since, in regular times. Doctor Who magazine, uh, IDW, uh, Royal Mail stamps, all kinds of stuff. Um, I've done it in, in toilet walls everywhere. I've been you know, to Doctor Who, I probably was being no, awesome. No, I, no, I was never paid for any of it. <laughs> Yeah, that's me. That's me. That's me. Um, so from the veteran to the newest uh, the newest uh, Doctor Who movement, um, you, Daniel, yeah, 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 uh, so yeah, so I'm kind of brand new to the Doctor Who world, drawing uh, the Vinicius of the Eighth Doctor and George Mayer's. Oh, no, I've written the Doctor in just about every meeting. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. <laughs> I am the Doctor. I've been working on Doctor Who off and on for over the other Doctor. It's um, exactly the same conversation I just had over this. Yes. This conversation. Yeah, I know. I, I actually started. <laughs> <laughs> I actually started uh, writing for Doctor Who comic strip. I wrote some Condor and some uh, Sylvester McCoy stories. And you actually start drawing the Doctor until the end, Doctor. Yay! And when the TV show came back on, I pathetically prostituted myself to Benini to uh, get the commentary and it obviously succeeded, they took pity on me. And I've been drawing Doctor Who since. Uh, I, I, like Paul, it's just been in various media as well, because uh, a lot of the Doctor Who merchandise that looks like fake 70s Marvel is me doing my fake 70s Marvel stuff, <laughs> which means that people wonder, I mean, T-shirts of my art, which I've never seen until they turn up with them, and um, messenger bags and mugs, and I found out this week an app called Booby. Beer mats. How tired is the beer mats? I've arrived. <laughs> storyboards. Oh, storyboards. Oh, yeah, yes. Storyboards from TV shows. Well, I'm not sure what it's called. <laughs> yes, I do that. Hello. Um, <laughs> I'm Rachel Smith. Uh, I've been drawing Doctor Who for two years. I do the um, humor strip at the back of the 10th Doctor Who comic series, uh, type, which I like as well. I'm not registered. I'm not registered. I'm sorry. It's very confusing. It's spelled the same as well. I keep tweeting the wrong one of you. Damn it, the other one. Yeah. I get really embarrassed. It's one of the third shows. That's where I'll get worried. I might change my name. Well, okay, bizarrely, there's an American artist who's a. Does an animation, does an artwork, or does 
well. And a massive Doctor Who fan who's also called Mike Collins. And I keep getting people complimenting me on his IDW papers. I'm out of going say, yeah, that was one of the best I've ever done. <laughs> because there's no point trying to explain it anymore. There's so many invoices. Yeah, I keep doing that. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, and usually, as a moderator, I'd have questions, but I thought, because there's so many of you in here, throw it out, and if anyone's got any questions, I mean, it's all about Doctor Who comics, but you could stray over into other things, various fields of expertise, so anybody got any Doctor Who questions? Or, or yes, yeah, one at the front? And then, um, but then, yeah, as I say, I think I saw the 
Pongan film, and all right, it's kitsch and it's fun, but I, I loved it. Um, and then, as far as I'm concerned, I know obviously lines of opinions but I think Night of the Doctor was 11 minutes ago everything I ever wanted Doctor Who to be. I loved it so much. Um, and I think I'd already listened to some of the audio, but I went back and listened to everything after that and just, just feeling like this. I love the part of the Doctor's story that the Doctor occupied. I just think it's, it's fascinating. I love it, and, and which is why the chance of drawing a comic where he is basically wearing that lead up to Night of the Doctor. Back in the day, Sylvester McCoy, um, now Peter Cowley, um, just love it. Um, every choice is extraordinary. And all those little bits of body language that you've grabbed from previous doctors, like stepping up the toes with that little trumpet with one of a hand, or um, just suddenly doing a little Tom Baker vulnerable accent, just dropping down into time. It's just It's like he's the same person in their language, too. Almost like that bit in Mummy and the Orient Express where he has an argument with himself with the different voices. Yes, one of his And I love Rachel Scott's, like, virtual Doctor. It's amazing. Oh, yes. Well, it's a generational thing again. My doctor was John Murphy. That was the first one I could actually put the TV on and run out of room screaming. But yeah, so John Murphy's called my doctor, and I think Sandy with Capaldi. That there's a lot of Capaldi's performance that channels directly Perfect. The things that I really like about Perfect's Doctor. I mean, I've done them all. On a personal level, the fact that Capaldi is the first new Doctor older than I am is great. There's nothing worse than being older than the Doctor in the case of that's a bit old enough to be the Doctor. Yeah, I don't know. 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 <laughs> and I'm the same age as Peter Capaldi. Oh, I'm younger than you. I know. I'm not into that. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm not surprised I'm going to get things thrown at me now, but uh, I didn't really watch Doctor Who as a kid. So the kind of older Doctor Who stuff just. I watched it, so between us, we balance it out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's um, so, yeah, the, the older ones kind of have to be by a little bit, but um, like Emma, Andrew, my editor at Titan, very kindly let me pick uh, my favourite, uh, so I picked the tenth one. I've since watched a lot, okay, so, you know. So, get, get back to Emma's point, actually, the thing with the 80s doctor was so great was that he didn't have his whole life in audio. And those are And you know, I'm going because I have audio because when I'm working, so I've worked my way through pretty much all of them. And I just love that thing. In that moment in Night of the Doctor, where you had that, you know, you heard the four oh. walk, and then it was the Doctor of the Doctor. Oh my god! I did Yeah. Uh, sorry, I completely forgot what it was. Oh yeah, did, uh, just the show of hands, and maybe we listen to the audios. They are superb. I mean, some of them have been adapted to TV episodes as well. Spare parts.
Spinoff show, a good thing to work at the one Spinoff. Missy, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the ideals. She could come and change that. She could, yeah. you have it. Yes. Didn't let me guess. <laughs> Say something nice to people. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I find it for like the knowledge of the content of this world, so that why I can't do it. Speak the crow talk. Speak the crow talk. I like the, uh, I'd like to see the quarks. <laughs> and also John and Gillian. Yeah. The most obnoxious companions the Doctor's ever had, and nasty little pieces of work they were for the, the comic strip during Harkin's time. And they, they have been, they have revived several times. Yeah. I'm just, I'm just, I'm cool
black woman. And basically, just to wind up the Daily Mail. Every way to be annoyed the Daily Mail. to wind up a particular category of impacts. Yeah. And I just think if the doctor can suddenly become Scottish or short, the hardest Rose Tyler, I felt was quite 
Um, and so, and they kind of had to break up in a kind of dramatic way. So my idea was that people kind of going through all the usual breakup things. Um, so the the first thing he does is buy a cat, and then the cat becomes his new companion, and they go on kind of dating adventures together. Um, <laughs> I get asked that all the time, and I don't know. Um, so yeah, so I, I got to kind of, and I write them as well, so it's kind of my sort of humour. Um, so yeah, I, a lot, How many I guess. Sorry? How many episodes do you want? 20. Uh, 19 and a half, I need to colour it first. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I'm working on my 20th one. <laughs> yeah, where, where's it going? Where's it going? It's, it's going really just <laughs> Silly. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know. It's uh, it's kind of self-contained each each month. So um, yeah, I should probably work out an arc. <laughs> each one is kind of a different uh, like heartbreak scenario. So you know, one time goes to shopping and tries to fill the void with lots of new outfits, and then <laughs> and it gets really fat, and one of them eats loads of ice cream. <laughs> Um, and he keeps saying that he's like, it affects him more because he's like got double the heart space. So it's like doubly heartbroken than a human. It's really Oh, thank you. <laughs> and Rose the cat, he calls the cat Rose. And, um, and she can talk because the TARDIS like, translates her meow. So they have weird discussions. <laughs> I have been quite impressed actually, is like coming to it as someone so new. And I, I mean, the characters of it, like in terms of what we get away with. BBC, it's, it's you know they're quite quite big, and uh, so when I say all my character designs, I mean we were waiting like in the year I think to find out if you know, this is going to be okay, can we go ahead with it? So I think that wait made me think this is going to be really tough because I feel like we're like we're going to have every step yeah. of the way, and actually I, like once we were in and once we started, it's been completely I'm not. If anything, like people are like, just keep going, it's fine. And I'm like, I'm sure, like it was okay. Um, it's it's actually not really putting yourself into it. And I mean, especially for, for me and George, we've got the um, the bonus of the fact that we're working with a doctor who actually hasn't really been visually seen very much. So I do get a lot of people saying, like, is it hard drawing a doctor who there isn't so much visual reference for? And I'm like, well, actually. I've been drawing comics for most of my life and I create my own character most of the time. So actually for me this is ideal because I get to draw obviously obviously it's a form by Paul McGann's performance and I love Paul McGann. But the character I'm drawing is the eighth doctor. I don't really think of it as drawing Paul McGann. And obviously it's bound to come up to do the idea of likenesses. And I'm I'm for my hand and I say I'm not very good at drawing likenesses. I've never been I'm a I'm a cartoonist, I'm not really a Portrait artist, some people are amazingly talented at that. But to me, I feel like what I wanted to get across with him was that it's his personality, it's his gesture, and like his character. And of course, because I know him more as a voice in my head than as something visual, it actually gave me a lot of freedom with it. But because of that, I thought there'd be a lot more of the BBC. Well, that's maybe not how we see it. And actually, that, that hasn't happened at all. So yeah, it's sometimes a general thing that you really got the body language. Yeah, so that's really nice. It's really nice. Yeah, yeah that's really good. And you're dealing with Derek Ritchie at BBC, he's wonderful anyway. Yeah. Der- Derek's a massive fan. Yeah, he's lovely. He's very nice about him. I had him on my podcast the other day. Oh, really? He came on having just been to the Doctor Who Christmas party. Yeah. So he was, he was a little buried. <laughs> <laughs> well, every time I asked him anything, 
about Dr. Hugh, you suddenly become very official and go, yes, and we all had a wonderful time. And I go, oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we're just having a conversation, aren't you guys? Sorry, just Sorry. about joining you, but that, that's really cool. <laughs> when, I first, when I first started doing Dr. Who, the first comedy I ever had to do was the first seven Doctors plus various companions like Adric and Sarah and Oh, yeah. So I'm all together. And the first comic script I've done with, with real people in it at all. So that's kind of a double walk back. Um, so you be careful what you wish for. But um, my thing was always to try and put as much of each doctor's characterization from the television as I could. Things like body language. Because then you've got that to go on. Yeah. 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 Um, because I felt that you know it's a way of trying to, to tie in with the program. I'm I'm much obsessed with trying to tie it in with, with what's actually out there um, because I think that's the real stuff and what we're working on is, is um, for me is, is a kind of extension of that but you know the thing is that with comic strips it's open to you know about a million different interpretations of how to do things there aren't any real rules so you can't just do the thing that you feel comfortable so I could do characterizations of them rather than Straight I think it's purely, it's an unusual situation we're in because of the fact that it's not, you know, um, yeah, quite a that. But, but, but they don't really, they don't get, they don't get at you. I think the only time I've ever seen anyone get a bit annoyed, I know Peter Davison didn't much like the way he was being drawn in uh, early days in Doctor Who magazine, and I also think Sylvester gave John Higgins a bit of a hard time over a poster, but in terms of people like the character. The portrait, so they posed for it, hanging off the set. Oh my god, pose for me. That's <laughs> 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 My theory's up for that. <laughs> it's very complicated. Before Doctors, it was about how they interacted with each other. I got to do Doctor Doctor interaction that never happened on television. And that really defines them as characters against each other. Oh, I like, well, when, when, when did they do the, when um, Tenon and Peter Davis are you that you're my doctor? Oh, that was yeah. The thing is, when you're writing Doctor Who, uh, you find that as well, but as you're doing the dialogue, you actually hear the voices in your head. So, um, I, when I was doing the Doctor Who wrong story for Doctor Who magazine last year, um, as I was writing the dialogue, it was actually going in the direction I had intended, mm-hmm. because Capaldi's voice was going in a certain way. So, it was actually, even though I wanted to go that way, it was like Capaldi wouldn't say that, he'd say this. Mm-hmm. The first, the first, the first one that went into my head was Capaldi saying that the other two were manic pixie green doctors. It's a guess in the writing, it's
I, I'd like to have, uh, as I said, John and Jilly in the first doctors <laughs> brought back and then put them in a spacecraft which is crashing and having crashed. <laughs> That's what I like. Years to start. You do it in the grudge, don't you? Yes, I do. Well, I had to put up with them for like four years or something. This is a life story now, should we? Yeah, bitterness. I think I mean like bitter, but I think I'm forced to give them a happy subject. I like Epsilon Dark is coming back in the box. Yeah, that's really nice. I'll join him. You, in fact, your Epsilon Dark appeared on television, didn't you? Yes, that's my one claim to, uh, yeah. to, to program fame. I haven't worked on the program in any capacity except that the drawing I did 26 years ago uh, turned up as fast as that. In, yeah, you uh, wanted to time. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I plugged into the TV monitor. Did you sit there unafraid to bring I didn't know it was going to be on. Nobody oh, told me about it until I've done it. That's Derek. I'm sure he is a big Dark fan. Yeah, his Twitter handle is Absalom Derek. That's why my, my latest um, picture of Dark, uh, he's is on a forthcoming cover with, um, let me see, the 11th Doctor. And, um, and it was kind of waved through really fast um, by the guys at the BBC. Very, very delighted with it. So, because it's absolutely not good at I've actually written a script for the country back in it. Yeah. So, maybe in the next couple of months. He's hanging out with the guy in How do I ask to see a PG? <laughs> <laughs> No, I, I don't think I'd be allowed to drop that. <laughs> 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 that's a great, that's a great way to do it. That's a great final edition. Yeah. <laughs> Enjoy Harrow when it comes back. <laughs> right, um, some of you may have known when you came in reception, we're doing a prize draw to raise money for the Superior Soft Fund, which is raising money for... I always can't remember the English, the cancer, the um, royal something cancer trust. <laughs> yeah, it's a great thing, and we'll post a link on the Facebook page. But yeah, um, so some people bought tickets. Uh, this has been signed by everyone that's on the panel except me, so it's worth more if I don't. If you can't see the signature straight off, look at the bottom. The signature's there, there, there's some on the bottom as well. Um, I will get Emma to pull a ticket out.
Number 30. Yeah. <laughs> 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 I was going to say, yeah, um, thank you to the panel. Be sure to stop by their tables. They're all in the centre aisle, so there's a lot of great stuff down there. More from Paul's personal collection down there. So. <laughs> He needs the wardrobe space. <laughs> That's literally true. <laughs> so yeah, uh, thanks for coming. Um, the next panel is later on this afternoon, and there's the cosplay panel coming up. And, like I say, plenty more going on downstairs. So. Thanks so much. For